0: Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to this weekend Marvel episode number 542. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Agent M.
1: And I'm Lorraine Sink, agent of Ms. Marvel. It's all I care about. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Yeah, everybody (laughs) else, move out and away because we are going to be talking about Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel in just a little bit. But, Lorraine, how else are you?
1: Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a crazy busy week celebrating Spider Man 60th. But you know what? We got through it. We're good. We're good. How about you, Ryan?
0: Good. I got my first normal night's sleep in like two months this week, and I actually feel Uh human again so congratulations good it's a good week it's exciting there's lots going on if you are just tuning in or if you've been with us for a long time you know that this is the official marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in marvel comics games movies tv and other stuff that lorraine and i are very excited about and boy oh boy we got a lot to be excited about this week
1: Yeah, we got a whole heaping helping of Marvel Studios news. Plus, we've got an interview with Jason Concepcion later on in this episode. A great podcaster himself and I think official friend of the show. Plus, Mm. St. Patrick's Day was yesterday. Also, happy Purim if you celebrate. Big stuff happening this week.
0: If somehow you missed it, pause the show. Go over to Marvel's YouTube channel, Marvel.com, Marvel's Twitter. Everywhere you see Marvel, because you got to watch. The first trailer for Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel, the new original series coming to Disney Plus streaming June 8th. Oh my gosh, Lorraine.
1: I love this trailer Mm -hmm. so much. That end shot where she's sitting on the lamppost is so great. And they just released a poster of that shot as well. Also, shout out to Sana Amanit, who is an old friend of the show, an OG Women of Marvel podcast host former editor, former VP of character, and now an EP on the show. We love her. We're so excited to see the series and um, see all of her hard work um, as she's been an EP over the last couple of years for the series.
0: If you don't know what an EP is, it is not a cousin to an ET. It is an executive (laughs) producer. So very exciting. Definitely please go check it out. Get excited. Get hyped. I can't believe. We are less than three months from the launch of Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel. We are close to the launch of Marvel Studios Moon Knight, which we're going to talk about in a couple minutes, but surprise, surprise, we all can now watch Spider-Man No Way Home at home! It is uh, available on digital to own right now, a week ahead of the scheduled release, but then if you want to wait for your 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and DVD, that'll be hitting stores April 12th. You can get it then, but Even if you're waiting, that's cool. If you're getting it now, that's cool. There's tons of special features, like it's just jam-packed with bonus stuff, cool tidbits behind the scenes, and uh, lots and lots of fun.
1: Yeah, and if you want to check it out on digital now, you can watch it on Apple TV, Prime Video, Google Play, Vudu, Microsoft, Verizon, Fios, Xfinity, and AMC. So lots and lots of places to watch it wherever you might watch your digital films and other things. I'm excited to watch it again. And we have so much going on. Next up, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is taken over Empire Mm -hmm. Magazine covers the new issue of Empire gives readers a mind-bending glimpse into what is at stake for Doctor Strange, Wong, and newcomer america chavez and more it features the film stars such as benedict cumberbatch as dr strange elizabeth olsen rachel mcadams benedict wong in addition to legendary director sam Raimi, head of marvel studios kevin feige screenwriter michael waldron who you might remember from marvel studios loki and co-producer richie palmer and then, in addition to the on stands cover, this month's issue also has a super duper trippy Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness subscriber cover, which was illustrated by Chris Melvin, And it is so cool. It's like a big kaleidoscopy thing that has like the portals all around. And of course, check this out, but also go see Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which arrives in theaters. On May 6th, which is now not that far away. We're only a few weeks at this point. It's coming around the mountain. Here she comes.
0: Yeah, I look at that cover, the one you mentioned, the one that mm-hmm. is drawn by Chris Malvin, and I can hear the like Doctor Strange music, the like the theme, some of like the tunes that you would hear when he would show up and in- In the Marvel Studios Avengers films or when he shows up in his film, like, you just, like, can kind of hear the sounds. It's a very great evocative cover. I love me some Empire Magazine. Last month's was Marvel Studios Moon Knight. This month is Marvel Studios Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They get the goods.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of Marvel Studios' Moon Mm -hmm. Knight, there is a new clip titled Contact Lens, and you should go watch it on Marvel.com or YouTube.com slash Marvel, on Marvel social media. Marvel Studios' Moon Knight is going to hit Disney Plus on March 30th, which is a breath away. That is so soon. It's just like, what, a week? Two weeks? A
0: week can change.
1: a A time means nothing to me. But basically, this is five minutes from now in me time.
0: If you're excited about Moon Knight and you have a subscription to Marvel Unlimited, you should definitely go check it out because we have a brand new Marvel Infinity comic up there. It is an adaptation of the 2016 run of Moon Knight comics written by Jeff Lemire, art by Greg Smallwood and Jordi Belair. It was called Moon Knight Welcome to New Egypt. It is really cool, really gnarly story. In this one, you have Mark Spector has been fighting criminals and keeping New York City safe for years. Or has he? He wakes up in an insane asylum with no powers and a lifetime's worth of medical records. His whole identity, maybe identities, are called into question. Something's wrong, but is that something Mark himself? It really does a great job of making you think about who Moon Knight is, what he is, what it all has been about. First three issues are now available, and the rest of the 10-issue adaptation will be hitting throughout the month.
1: Yeah, this is a really cool run. Definitely check it out if you have Marvel Unlimited or sign up for Marvel Unlimited. Because what are you doing with your life? Seriously. You get- Access to thousands and thousands and thousands of comics. It's rad. Speaking of Marvel Unlimited, the best series potentially to ever be announced (laughs) has been announced. You are welcome, world. Alligator Loki, written by Alyssa Wong, as well as art by Robert Quinn and colors by Peter Pentazis. Alligator Loki is going to follow the triumphs and tricks of the reptilian god of mischief. All I need to say is alligator Loki and a baby Bjorn for you to really know what this series is going to be about. Thor wearing a baby Bjorn with alligator Loki. Hijinks. They are going to an Asgardian amusement park. I cannot wait for this series. It's giving me It's Jeff and Asgard. I'm so excited for it. New chapters of the 12-issue series will release every other Friday, so look out for those. And also be sure to read X-Men Unlimited, number 26, which went up on MU this week. It's a St. Patrick's Day special by Declan Shalvey with Nick Roche. So good stuff. Yeah.
0: One of the things I love about Alligator Loki is that it continues to fill like this humor comics vibe that Mm -hmm. we are really ramping up on marvel unlimited something that we don't always get to do in the the print comics so we've had it's jeff as you've mentioned we've had the spider bot series which is friggin' terrific it's so Mm -hmm. fun we've got marvel meow which is cute and funny we've got this and i know there's more coming i think this is one of the things that really helps marvel unlimited and the infinity comics stand out and so i hope everybody with your subscription, you're going and reading those infinity comics. I I tend to just like grab one on my phone and read through it and just have a blast. I reread the spine tingling Spider-Man infinity comic, which is by Saladin Ahmed and Juan Ferreira, which is so gnarly. And so like I talk about the, the humor stuff, but spine tingling Spider-Man is the complete opposite. It is genuinely scary and beautiful and weird and dark and really takes advantage of The scrolling format, the vertical format, to the point Mm -hmm. where, like, the last issue, I believe, tells you to lock your phone's rotation because it does stuff where you're actually moving your phone around. And
1: oh, that's cool.
0: It's really, really cool. It's spectacular comics, they're really friggin' good. Please, please, please go read them comics. And a new comic series hitting comic book shops really soon is The Variance. It is a five-issue limited series by Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Holy free holies. That's a hell of a creative team. Mm -hmm. It is going to be releasing starting in June. And this is cool. It's a Jessica Jones series. I'll read you the synopsis, which says, what would it really be like to meet an alternate version of yourself? Another you who had made different choices and lived a completely different life as a result. That's the question facing Jessica Jones, as what seemed like a routine investigation instead has her encountering other incarnations of herself from across the multiverse. Can Jessica get along with herself? Will she want to kill her other selves? And will seeing the lives she could have led drive her into a self-destructive spiral? This is what happens when you meet the variants.
1: Dun dun dun!
0: I love a good multiverse story, a good what-if story. My goodness, and then you bring Gail Simone, who is friggin' tremendous and wonderful, great Domino comics of late, Deadpool, a ton of stuff, and Phil Noto, who, for my money, one the of the <laughs> top artists of this generation, maybe top five or ten, uh, just incredible.
1: Also, the work that he does in that sort of almost like a watercolor style, where he, you know, often colors his own work, is so beautiful. Oh. It's
0: man, there's um, there's a moment in a recent devil's reign x-men story that is all about emma frost it's written by jerry duggan and it has emma encountering spider-man but in the past when they're both a little bit younger and she like looks into spider-man's mind and she like quietly says you were just a boy and like seeing all the things that he went through (laughs) and she like caresses his cheek and kisses his other cheek and says thank you for what you do and it's like the way phil draws it is devastating. It's so good. I love Emma Frost. Somehow I always get to talk about Emma Frost because she's the best.
1: And also Phil Noto. (laughs) All right. Next up, we've got Marvel's Voices Pride number one. It's going to be a giant one shot coming in June, just in time for Pride Month. Marvel's Voices Pride is going to be the second annual grand showcase for LGBTQIA+ characters and creators and this issue is going to include Charlie Jane Anders who's going to debut a new hero to the Marvel universe and it won't be the last time you see this character so that's very mm-hmm. exciting. Christopher Cantwell is going to take on Moon Dragon's complex legacy. Love me some Moon Dragon. <laughs> we'll also have Andrew Wheeler uh, making his Marvel debut with the Marvel Universe's real god of love. Hercules! We love to see it with artist Brittany Williams. I
0: love Brittany Williams. She hasn't done some work for Marvel in quite a while, so that's very exciting.
1: Yeah. Alyssa Wong, who is writing the Alligator Loki series, is also going to be reunited with artist Stephen Byrne in a story guaranteed to please the fans new and old. Grace Freud is writing a story about responsibility with D-Man. She's also joined by artist Scott B. Henderson in his first work here at Marvel. Say what? You can look forward to Marvel's Voices Pride in trade paperback in May, as well as this new issue coming in June. Um, The collection is going to include last year's Marvel's Voices Pride one-shot, as well as some other powerful moments throughout Marvel Comics history, such as North Star's wedding, the debut of Aaron Fisher in United States of Captain America, and more. So definitely look out for that in May, and look out for Marvel's Voices Pride, the new issue in June. Yes.
0: More opportunities for D-Man to get a spotlight is <laughs> is just joy for the world. I love Truth. D-Man so much. You know, speaking of Pride Month, we're going to have a whole bunch of variant covers celebrating Pride Month, a new collection released throughout June. Artists Luciano Vecchio and Betsy Cola will team up to depict some of the most beloved and rising Marvel stars that belong to the LGBTQI plus community. We're going to have covers across Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, X-Men, Thor, Avengers Forever, Marauders, Immortal, X-Men, New Mutants, Thunderbolts. Get excited. I know um, a lot of our listeners go and pick up variant covers, so make sure you go to your Local comic shop, you ask them for these covers ahead of time because sometimes they can be a little bit hard to find, a little bit pricey. So please go check them out.
1: Heck yeah. Also, coming in June, we're going to have the Hellfire Gala. It's back in a one shot. Oh, love the Hellfire Gala. I'm excited that it's coming back. Mutant kind is hosting, you know, another Hellfire gala, and it's shaping up to be a night the Marvel fans dare not miss because we've got some awesome creators Jerry Duggan, Russell Dodderman, Matteo Lali, CF Via, and Chris Anka, who are all amazing. Um, you guys know and love the Hellfire gala. It is not unlike a certain metropolitan gala in which many celebrities dress up in a theme, and the theme is Fashion. It is so good. At last year's gala, the mutants changed the face of the solar system, <laughs> terraforming Mars and claiming it for mutant kind. This time around, they'll once again be setting up some radical transformations in the Marvel Universe and inviting every superhero on the planet to witness it. And when an uninvited guest crashes the party, the chaos that will ensue is going to crack the very foundation of Krakoa and lead directly to the biggest Marvel story of the year with Kieran Gillen and Valerio Skeety coming up in... Judgment Day. Boom, boom, boom. So not only is this going to be a big, beautiful issue, but it's also going to have some very important implications in the Marvel Universe for the Mutants' future. So definitely check it out in June.
0: Yeah, and the debut of the new X-Men team. There was the X-Men vote that we all took part in Mm -hmm. earlier this year. So that's going to come together in this. Very exciting. All kinds of cool things. Love us some comics, but we also love... Gear, stuff to wear, stuff to make us look at least somewhat fashionable. You look fashionable all the time, Lorraine, but me... I need to look a little bit cooler and thankfully there's stuff like The Princess Trust, which has a new collection created in collaboration with the youth charity The Princess Trust and Marvel, taking inspiration from the Avengers. These designers are aged 18 to 30, creating a collection that is part of a three-year mentoring partnership aiming to help young people break into the world of fashion and product design. It's super cool. It's letting you know uh, new voices get in there and start creating really cool things. This is the first Marvel Inspire collection. It's gender neutral, features a range of products it includes clothing, apparel, accessories, stationery, uh, as well as a theme backpack. The backpack is one of my favorite pieces from the line. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be available to purchase from the Disney store and online at Shop Disney in the UK and across Europe.
1: Go enjoy good stuff and support a great cause. It's super cool. But we've got more cool stuff coming for you. The history of Marvel Comics Black Panther Episode 6, World of Wakanda is now available. And let me tell you, you should definitely listen to this episode. We explore John Ridley's take on the character as we look back at the seeds that Stan and Jack planted all those years ago. A present that's grown and branched out beyond its own roots and is finally blossoming a future of endless possibilities I have a little clip here of Nick Stone, the host of the series, talking with John Ridley.
0: That metaphorical marriage of where they took Black Panther is exactly where I want to go. And on the one hand, a character that um, has deep emotions and very human emotions about love and loss and regret and caring, all of those things. But at the same time, a character who's got a lot of problems and a lot of um, a lot of weight.
1: That clip was so nice. I want to hear it twice. But you know what? Instead, let's listen to a clip with writer Stephanie Williams in a roundtable discussion from the most current episode. And so I'm I'm just ready to see her like whoop up on some people like come through Sherry. We gonna see what you gonna do. So what do you think the future looks like for her? Positive,
0: bright, dangerous.
1: Yeah. Yes. The rest of the 616 and all those other multiverse verses
0: better watch out because um, she might hit you in the throat where, uh, you know, Tishala might try to, you know, have coffee with you and talk things over. But I love that because I think of her like a joker. So good. Everybody, you can listen to all episodes of the History of Marvel Comics Black Panther now exclusively on the SiriusXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. Episodes will be widely available one week later on Pandora, Stitcher, and all major podcast platforms in the U.S. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash Black Panther.
1: So Ryan, we're talking podcasts. Mm. What's coming up on Marvel's pull list this
0: week? Yeah, this week we had Michael Boxleitner who was on Marvel's Wastelanders, Black Widow, that podcast series. He joined the show to dig into an arc of Superior Spider-Man, which was a lot of fun. And usually we have guests come on and they're like, let's read the first arc of a story. And he was like- Issues 22 through 26, which was great. It was a lot of fun. He's a big fan. And then our picks of the week for the new comics on sale this week are Reckoning War, Trial of the Watcher, Amazing Spider Man 92 Point Bay, and 10 Lives of Wolverine number five. But there's actually a ton of great books this week. We had X Deaths of Wolverine number four out this week. That Reckoning War, Trial of the Watcher is a secret what if story that is maybe one of my favorite comics we're going to put out this year. So I'm just going to leave that there.
1: Big words, big Mm -hmm. words. But we we have more podcast talk into podcast talk about.
0: Yeah, podcast talk about, podcast talk about. With our interview guest this week, it is Jason Concepcion. He has a pop culture podcast, X-Ray Vision. He's done a a ton more. He's done stuff like binge watch all the MCU movies for his podcast. We talk about why the X-Men are his favorite Marvel characters. He's really funny. Uh, Let's just dive into our convo with Jason Concepcion.
2: JC, hey, welcome to the welcome show. Up. Thank you so much for having me. It is a delight and it is the fulfillment of a childhood dream to appear with y'all.
1: Oh, uh, I feel like that's an overstatement, but we're going to accept <laughs> it because we take compliments when we can get them, baby. Yeah.
2: That's well, 2022. Back to us. Listen, if I could go back in time and tell my 10-year-old self that I would be on a Marvel podcast, first I have to explain to myself what a podcast is, and then... <laughs> I would think it was pretty cool, so this is very cool. Well,
1: welcome. We are so happy to have you. You know, you mentioned being a 10-year-old kid who loved Marvel, but what is your Marvel origin story? How did you first get connected with the characters
2: and the world? I always loved comic books just by seeing them, so I would just pick up whatever was on the rack whenever I was I think I mostly saw them like in the barber shop or at the drugstore. So, you know, I bought a bunch of like rom comics <laughs> early on. And that was mostly it. Like I was into Rom. And then I went to my family's from the Philippines. I went to the Philippines when I was like 10 and felt like very disconnected in a new country, a new culture. But I had a cousin who had a vast collection of Marvel comics and he had them all bound like the Encyclopedia Britannica, like an Encyclopedia Binding. And it was Iron Man, Avengers, West Coast Avengers, Uncanny X-Men. I think X-Force had just started at the time. So that was super, super cool. And the X-Men is who I latched onto. And as soon as I went home, there was a comic shop near me called Heroes World. And I bought, with my own money, bought my first... Marvel comic, which was X-Men 212, Uncanny X-Men 212, right in the middle of the Mutant Massacre, Wolverine splashed with blood on the cover, <laughs> Wolverine versus Sabretooth, round one. That was it. I was hooked. Mutant Massacre, that was the one that got me.
0: I mean, that's pretty damn good right there. It's, it's brutal. There's lots of characters. I think that's kind of like a fun entry point. And before we even go any further, you are wearing a Magneto is Right t-shirt, which I own that same t-shirt. I'm glad I didn't wear it today. We would have been in weird How awkward that would have
2: been. Yeah, I think it's nice that, of course, Magneto has been a hero for almost probably like 30 years now or something, or hero-ish, but uh, it's nice to see that people have finally come to realize that he did have some—listen, trying to destroy the world several times over was bad. I can't condone it. He did have some points, and I'm glad to see him building on those strong points.
1: Hot takes. (laughs) Pod takes. <laughs> Hot takes coming in. <laughs> now, Jason, yeah. you host all of the podcasts. You've left no podcast left for us. Oh, come
2: on. Yeah. It's
1: just this one that we have now because you took them all. How how many podcasts do you podcast?
2: Currently, I have two. So it's Take Line and then X-Ray Vision, which is my pop culture comics, television, movies, podcast. And then at my previous place of employment, The Ringer, I had a podcast called Binge Mode, where we binged every episode of Game of Thrones, all the Harry Potter books, plus movies, the MCU movies, which was tremendously fun, all the Star Wars movies, and many of the comics. So while I'm just doing the two right now, I'm a podcast veteran at this point. Binging something is a That's a lot. It can
0: be really fun and exciting, like you said, the MCU, but it's an intense endeavor. Do you have any tips if someone's going to be like, I'm going to binge the MCU, how to do it well without like exhausting yourself or breaking yourself?
2: I would say start at the beginning. You know, there's like chronological binges now where you can watch stuff in the order of the fictional calendar as it appears, right? But I prefer to go in order of release because it's really – you really can just follow the ride, see how, like, all the characters developed in a really kind of organic way. But just watch a movie, and if you want to keep going, keep going. It's such a fun ride. I mean, all the way through it, it is tremendously fun. It is one of the greatest scams that I've ever run on anyone to be like, I got it pitched. Why don't we watch all the Marvel movies, and then we'll do a podcast about that? And they were like, yes.
0: I don't know if you've ever done this, either of you, but for, I think it was the release of Marvel Studios' Avengers Age of Ultron, I went to the El Capitan and we did a 24-hour marathon. And that was so fun and so smelly and so amazing <laughs> to be in a like an amazing movie theater with hundreds of people who were just frothing with excitement. That was so cool. Lorraine, have you ever done anything like that?
1: I haven't done that one, but I was... Just thinking you can't do it in 24 hours anymore because there's
2: like 10 more movies since then. And then you have to add a lot of the television stuff directly ties in now. So you really have to be up on it. It could really take a while. There's nothing like seeing it in the theater, though. Probably my top three or four movie experiences are all just going to... I saw most of them in New York City, like, you know, seeing Marvel's The Avengers in a theater on opening night will stay with me forever seeing endgame in a theater on opening night will stay with me forever sometimes when it's like you know one o'clock at night i'm about to go to bed i'll just be like you know what let me throw on a crowd reaction video on youtube and just like try and catch a contact (laughs) high of what that was like when i when i was in the theater and like the roof blew off the place
1: Oh, man, there's so many good moments like that, especially for Marvel Studios, Avengers Endgame, with just like seeing that, watching those portals open and hearing people gasping and screaming and losing their flipping minds. Pretty great time to be a fan. Yeah, it's really good. (laughs)
2: It's really great. It's really crazy to me. And I think about it every day. It's crazy to me that as a fan of this stuff, this is the world that we live in like there is no shortage of stuff I like that I never thought I'd see at this level of success you know I mean obviously the X-Men were huge when I was a kid there was the animated series also which was fun there was the video game in the arcade which was like it felt like the X-Men in particular were very present of course like Thor and Spider-Man and the Hulk were like iconic characters But it's like a different level now where it's taken on a Star Wars kind of feel where I can commiserate with my friends and talk about Marvel in the same way that I could used to be able to only talk about like Star Wars or maybe Lord of the Rings or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. I want to talk a little bit about X Ray Vision, of course, because it's one of your shows on Crooked Media. Launched it last year, but the first three episodes, you just dove right into some Marvel Studios stuff, which is great. Thank you for the love.
1: I mean, I've really enjoyed getting to listen to your show because you talk to really cool people. You talk about really interesting topics. You really get time to like deep dive into stuff and like really dissect stuff, which is so cool. Who've been some of your favorite folks that you've gotten to chat with so far? Oh,
2: wow. Gosh. Well, on a non-comics level, we recently talked to showrunner Patrick Somerville, who is a novelist and also did the adaptation of Station Eleven for HBO Max. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of our co-hosts is Cody Ziegler, Marvel writer extraordinaire now at this point. is catch him on Amazing Spider-Man and many other comics, and I'd love to talk to him each week. And then being able to like nerd out with Cody and our other co-host, Rosie Knight, the great thing about Rosie is, I know a lot about comics, okay, Rosie is like a walking encyclopedia of comics. She'll just be like, oh yeah, that character appeared once. In Moon Knight eleven in nineteen eighty three, I'm just like okay. <laughs> so just being able to talk about this stuff with people who love it as much as I do, and then know even more than me, is like so fun.
0: You know, speaking of Cody, you know he's of course writing Amazing Spider Man as you mentioned. I just read the What If Miles Morales Was Captain America mm-hmm. issue he wrote, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, which is rad. It's real, real fun. But he also worked on Marvel Studios She Hulk series. How much are you hitting him up for secrets and being like, all right, we're not recording. Tell me all the things.
2: Let me be very, very clear. Cody Ziegler is a lockbox. Cody Ziegler (laughs) is protecting the jewels, the crown jewels. He is protecting the national secrets. There is no amount of physical coercion that I could apply to Cody Ziegler (laughs) to get him to tell me anything at all. And also, I don't want to be spoiled. Like, I'm just one of those people like For any number of Marvel cinematic properties that are currently in some stage of production or pre-release, there are always rumors, and I'm just like, I stay away from it. I want to find out in the theater. Part of the real fun for me, like I said, is when I talk to my friends about it or talk to my colleagues about it's just, like, theorizing. Like, oh, who do you think is going to show up? Maybe it's this. Maybe they'll go here. And that to me is like 85% of the fun of it. And so I just don't, I don't want to be spoiled if, even if Cody was trying to tell me something, which he never would, I would plug my ears and run out of the room screaming.
0: I'm so glad to hear you say that because I am super like, no spoilers on the things that I don't need to have spoiled for me. Like we're in such an interesting, amazing time. Comics are being turned into movies and TV shows. I mean, this is not a new thing, you know, but it's, It just feels like right now is a special time. There's still shine to it for people who get to watch it as fans and even pundits. Man, there's something special right now.
2: I agree with you. Now, listen, Westerns had a period like this, right? Mm. From the 30s to roughly the late 60s. So it's not like it's unprecedented in terms of a kind of genre having a moment and having a run in the theater, which is a thing I think people kind of forget. And there's like a whole other suite of stories. This is what I tell people when they ask me, should I get into the comics? I'm like, yes. There's five, six decades of stories there. Like you can't even imagine how many stories are in there. I agree. All that
0: stuff is wonderful. My only contention with what you said is about the Westerns, because to me, it's not a one-to-one thing. I look at Westerns very much as like a Western genre. There's a lot of tropes and stuff in that. What I feel like Marvel Studios in particular does so well is say superheroes are part of what we're telling in these stories but it's not a superhero genre because their movies transcend a lot of they could do a a full-on western and superhero movie a full-on heist movie like they can go into all these realms which i think keeps what will keep making it fresh and exciting and when we get the horror and we get the all the different ways that they can tell these stories and they will continue to tell these stories goes past something like the Western or a single genre, which is still amazing in and of itself, but I think they've found that success and they just are doing so great because they've looked at it a little bit differently.
2: I completely agree.
1: Are there comics that you are currently reading or keeping up with that you're enjoying?
2: Oh gosh, I'm really loving the new Hulk series written by Donny Cates is super intriguing, you know, coming off of the uh, Mortal Hulk run, which was a run that I was not prepared to be blown away by it. -hmm. I've dabbled in Hulk. I've enjoyed Hulk. But Immortal Hulk floored me. I could not believe how good it was. And the new Hulk series is really following in those footsteps. You know, the X-Men, the Hickman era X-Men has just been fantastic. So everything in X-World, you know, I'm reading X-Men, I'm reading Marauders, I'm reading Hellions. <laughs> I'm reading New Mutants. I'm reading all that stuff just to keep up on it. I'm reading Daredevil Always. Those are the big ones. But it's it's the mutants. It's the mutants, baby. That's where it's at for me. I just want
0: one month of happy mutant stories. One month Aww, where they're not getting killed love. and resurrected, where like it's just date night, and then it's like the pool party next to the Green Lagoon, or like two friends hanging out and having a conversation with beer. That's all I want because every month during this era of X-Men comics, it is horror show after horror show for my (laughs) beloved characters. (laughs) Everyone is getting killed horribly and it's just getting scarier and worse for them, which makes for great comics. But still, I want some, I want some happiness.
1: It's helpful that they can be reborn sometimes, most of the time, if if the DNA is on file. (laughs) But
2: pain still hurts, Lorraine. You're speaking my language, both of you. Ladies night. I believe, the debut of Jubilee into the X-Men world. Yeah, at
1: the mall.
2: You know, like sometimes you're out on the outback hanging out at this dusty base that you seized from the Reavers and you just got to go shopping. And I love that (laughs) for them. I love that for the mutants of that era. And I just, you know, Bendis and his all-new X-Men had a similar bottle issue where all the X ladies just went out and hit the mall. I love stories like that. I love when they're just hanging out in the backyard playing baseball or playing basketball. Mm -hmm. Like, give our heroes a break. I've always been a big fan of, like, the heroes hang out and just have lunch in the backyard and just Mm -hmm. talk about stuff. It's always so fun for me. The other thing is, like, that's fantastic about the X-Men and the mutants in general is it's always tumultuous. But I think it's been an especially tumultuous two decades coming out of House of M into M-Day. It's been rough. So to see them really at the peak of their influence and power within Marvel continuity, as many threats as there are looming everywhere on the horizon, as there always are, that has been really satisfying. Not just having a place on Earth that they can call their own in Krakoa, but now colonizing the the solar system. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like in the 90s, we saw like lots of crazy crossovers that like all the stories were just like punching each other. And it's really cool to see, you know, I feel like there's a connectivity that happened in the 90s when those titles were kind of exploding, but in a much more organic way, sort of literally and figuratively with the Krakoa and all being, you know, connected. And I think it's just like such a fun time to be an X reader.
2: Oh my God, there's so much going on. It's really great. And then to pivot off your earlier point, Lorraine, the world is crazy. And I think in a very real way for me, like the X mission Has never felt more present and vibrant emotionally and inspirational in a lot of ways.
0: We've talked about a a whole bunch of characters. If you had to boil down like a handful, and like you can't just pick the X Men, you gotta like
2: pull out a couple. Okay, this is extremely basic, but it's very real. Wolverine was my guy for decades when I started reading and up until now. I just loved Wolverine, would buy anything with Wolverine on it. Every cover with Wolverine on it had multiple Wolverine posters. I would say, gosh, Cyclops is a character who I think has really come into his own over the last several years of Marvel continuity and is a character that I think people appreciate more and who I've always personally rode for. And then Storm. Storm was the leader of the X-Men with no powers. What greater tribute to the respect that everyone has for her, her ability as a leader and as a warrior, that she was the leader of the X-Men with no powers. (laughs) You know, she like put the press on Scott with no powers. Have to respect it. Love her to death. Ultimate queen. Ultimate queen.
1: Queen of space. Yes. Such great characters. We've talked a lot about stories and things, and I'm curious, do you have any all-time sort of favorite comic arcs or stories that like really hit home or maybe were favorites in your formative
2: years? I'll go formative to now. There was a time in my life where if I could have drawn like Art Adams, like I would have cut off my foot to have been able to create art like Art Adams. So the... um. You know, the Asgardian Wars, X-Men, the crossover from the X-Men annual to the New Mutants annual, that collection of stories, which you can get in trade paperback, and I highly recommend it if you can find it. There's a a first
0: page of, it's either the first issue or the second issue, and that is a full page splash of Storm, and art draws the borders of the page, rip that out, put that in the Met, and then punch anybody who says that that shouldn't be in there, because that is the highest art.
2: The thing I loved and still love about his art is you could just, I feel like I could just fall into it. The level of detail, the little things going on, you're absolutely right. That splash with like the borders, that feels like you're looking at some piece of art from the medieval period. Like it just is an incredible, big fan of arts. Walt Simonson is someone whose art like remains iconic in my mind. I can't get enough of it. Russ Douterman's work on the Hellfire Gala is, like, we've reached an era where this generation of artists just does clothes really well and fashion really well. Yeah, Douderman is, like, one of my favorites. Oh, Sarah Pacelli. Those are my tops. I'm forgetting a lot, but those are my tops. I mean, Romita Jr. is, like, a living legend, I do like, the fact that he's... Still out here is crazy to me. And doing it and doing it at a high level is so fun for me. Almost 50 years of drawing comic books. It's so wild. <laughs> 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 Truly, really, like, it's unbelievable to me. What a like living repository of the history of this industry. We talked a lot about movies
0: and comics. You Do you mess with games at all? I'm a big time video game. Yes. Yeah. Favorite Marvel games and
2: then just in general, what do you play? You know, the recent Spider-Man games were amazing. For me, the Spider-Man games, it's like I can just swing. I don't even need to fight people sometimes. Like, I'm swinging around the city, and it feels so good. You know, as Miles doing the dive off of the Empire State Building is like, if you don't do that, especially once you unlock the suit, if you don't do that, what are you doing? Do it. (laughs) Like, go do that. The Guardians games are super fun, but the Spider-Man games for me. And then, like a lot of memories of the Avengers and X-Men arcade beat 'em up games that I played a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of. Cap was my guy. Cap was usually my pick on that. And Iron Man. Cap and Tony, I, I would play mostly on that.
1: Oh, man. That was the hottest game at Peter Piper's Pizza in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'd have to wait in line to get to the X-Men game. All right. So I have to tell you, we did stock your social media, as is our job. And I did see that your mom texted you about Venom.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Can you, you please guys. tell us this story? Because it seems very cute.
2: <laughs> okay, you guys. So my nephew is four now, and you know, I've been doing my job as an uncle to indoctrinate him. I gave him a amazing Spider-Man omnibus for, for Christmas. So some of this might be my fault, okay? He has gotten very into the symbiote world of late, Venom mostly. I don't know that he makes a distinction yet from Venom to Carnage and the and the others. He calls them all Venom at this point, but he has discovered that there are multiple versions of the symbiote. And so he made my mom first of all he found out that she could draw. My mom's a fantastic artist. And he made her draw Venom and all the various kinds. I think this was this happened because There was a sippy cup, I think, from either McDonald's or some one of the corporate partners that had a Groot that was bonding with a symbiote on it. And so this started then. My mom texts me. is like, who is this? Grayson says that he's a bad guy. And I'm like, no, that's a good guy. It's Groot with Venom bonding to it. Technically a good guy, I think, in this scenario. And then it just went from there. So she had to draw 10 different variations of the symbiote. And then she Googled it. And she's like, wait a second, there's like 40 of these? And she, so she texted me, I'm going to paraphrase the text now, but it was literally something like, Jason, you need to talk to Marvel and tell them to stop, (laughs) tell them to stop doing Venoms. There's like 40 of these now, and I'm like stuck drawing 40 Venoms this weekend. And then she ends the text with just like, ah, like, It's quite good, actually. I think she's done a, a quite good job. But yeah, my mom would like to very gently request that we just put a pause on new symbiotes from now on because she is just, her hand is cramping up. Tell
1: her we're so sorry and there's nothing we could do about it. Yeah,
2: th- that train is
0: full steam ahead. Everything's going to be Venom.
1: Everything's Venom eventually.
0: Enjoy
2: it. Embrace it. Sorry to your mom. Uh, some like carnage news dropped recently. I was like, don't tell him this. Don't tell my nephew about this.
0: (laughs) Jason, always a a blast to chat with you, to have you on our shows. We're going to let you go and get onto your shows and do more. For our listeners out there, how can they get in touch with you and listen to all your
2: shows? Check out my sports show, Take Line, which drops every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts, and then X-Ray Vision comes out Fridays wherever you get your podcasts. And we cover Marvel, other comics, the various television offerings and film offerings that also come from that. So check it out.
1: Yeah. Jason, what a ding-dang delight. It was so lovely having you. We release you off into the universe. Keep being great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Jason for hanging out with us. And of course, you can listen to his podcast, X-Ray Vision, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for hanging out with us.
0: Yes. Thank you, Jason. Next week on the show, we are going to have Ibiza Boy, who is the author of Okoye to the People, a Black Panther novel. That was a really great conversation. The The novel is terrific. We'll talk more about that next week. But for a question of the week, Lorraine, we are so hyped about Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel. Can there be anything else for us to ask a question of the week other than what was your favorite moment from the first trailer for Marvel Studios Ms. Marvel?
1: Absolutely not. That's the only right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I get um when I get excited about something, I get very mad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh god, there's so many good moments. But I do have to say that like final shot of her no. sitting on the lamppost. Yeah. It got me in the
0: feels. Definitely.
1: But also her liking boys was really cute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I really like the I'm a superhero moment and like the, yeah. the joy and the excitement. Like that is so Kamala Khan aspect of her i think is portrayed really well in the in the trailer that we saw. I'm excited for everybody to see more of the series.
1: Ryan, yes. have you watched Turning Red yet?
0: No, i oh, I it's haven't watched so the movie cute. in like 2 months. I know.
1: It's so cute. You got to watch it I before know. Catherine Grace turns 12.
0: <laughs> we, that's what you need to know. I I'll put on something for her while she's having a snack sometimes and like we'll turn on Disney Plus and that's at the top of the like when you turn on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, she's like, "What's she saying?" and talking about the the panda, and I'm like, "I don't know." She's got a lot of feelings.
1: Oh, it's so good. I know. I want to watch it. Just watch it. All right. You can tweet us your answer using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcastandmarvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. Please make sure to tell us if it's quote unquote okay to read on the show so we can read it here on the show like we're about to.
0: Yeah. All right. Our question of the week last week was, what would you give Spider-Man for his birthday? First up is our pal Karis Pollard at a Karis Pollard who says, Ooh, good this week in Marvel question. He's always late, but I don't think a watch, even a smartwatch would help. (laughs) So to counteract the Parker luck, I'd get him some lucky charms, not cereal, but all the different lucky things I could and horseshoes and evil eye charms. Gri gri things from all different cultures, but not a rabbit's foot because that's just nasty. (laughs) (laughs) He could
1: use all the luck he can get.
0: Seriously. Poor dude.
1: All right. Somebody with a great name, Tom Servo at Tom Sitch, said 50 bucks because when is he ever not strapped for cash? Oh, it's funny because it's
0: true. It's so real. Oh, man. (laughs) Who
1: Who couldn't use 50 bucks? You know, one man's opinion at Tim underscore E underscored Leininger said, a decent paying job with flexible hours. Ugh, ugh, we could all use that. Right? Everyone loves that. That's Come great. On.
0: So good. Sophia at Sakura Magic says, therapy sessions.
1: Ooh, yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> that hurts, right?
0: I know. I need, you know what? I really need to go to therapy. <laughs> I've been so anxious the last like month. I haven't done it and I just need to finally pull that trigger.
1: 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. It's the best. Anyways, moving on. Luna at MCU Moon said, at this point, a huge effing hug, maybe some therapy and a fancier sewing machine. You know what? Legit. How long has this guy been like trying to sew spandex with like a needle and thread? That's not how it works, buddy. You're going to have gaping fabric on the side and everyone's going to see your like flesh through the side because of your big wide stitches. You, you got to We got to We got to upgrade. It's yeah, time.
0: For real.
1: All right, Commissioner Extraordinaire at Beefcake Bistro. <laughs> God, yes, these names yes, are great. Yes. Yes. All right. The knowledge that his best friend Flash Thompson is back and alive again, so that he will no longer feel any guilt over Flash's previous death. Oh, that's that's actually very
0: kind. Yeah, I, I like that. Leah at Leah Evans 2525 says, If I had to give Spider Man anything for his birthday, I would give MJ and Ned their memories back and then give them to him for his birthday. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Why would
1: you say that? I was feeling fine. Ryan tried to get me with that Emma Frost moment, but I didn't let the emotions <laughs> in. Y'all are trying to get me. Next up, we have Delta Prime 350 at Delta Prime 350. For Peter, I would give him a video collection of people saying in the real world why they love him and how he inspired them. Miles, I would give him a USB full of songs that I think he would like, ones that might inspire and touch his heart. Oh, that's so nice. Can you imagine if Peter Parker knew what was going on in Earth 1218? That's reality's designation. Um, If he just knew how much he meant to people. Yeah. Y'all, stop it. Oh, my goodness.
0: We got an email in here from Jake Bolton, who says, my birthday present for Spidey would be kind of like Agent of Chaos Lorraine's, but mine would be to pay some of his bills because I know how hard it is and half the time, that's what I ask for.
1: There we go. Next up, we got an email from William Rose in response to last week's question about what Marvel live action series you're excited to see on Disney Plus. And it says, Hey, Twim Hosts, parentheses, Agent M and Agent of Chaos, did to make her own organization? Yes, I am an Agent of Chaos. Yes, I report directly to Wanda Maximoff, obviously. William went on to say, I'm excited to rewatch all episodes of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D and then had some great fun things to think about the series, but I wanted to go on and grab this part. My question to you hosts is this. Will you answer the call, challenge yourself, find any threads in the show that must be acknowledged in a future MCU project? The 10 lives and x deaths are coming to a head, and I believe Cypher, Alyssa Tager, knows the whole story. She might be the Moira seat. That said, get your drip ready for the Hellfire Gala one-shot invitation. Stay safe, as always, and excelsior. William R. Thank you, William. Boy, oh boy, for us to find every thread in every series of MCU. I wish I had that kind of time on my hands. <laughs>
0: We got a Facebook message in here from Dustin Radcliffe, who says, Hello, Lorraine and Ryan. How are you? It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man fan here. I'm so excited for the live 60th anniversary event that is all about my favorite superhero of all time. So many great artists and guests. And Lorraine, you're hosting. Um, you hosted. It was great.
1: Oh, thank you. It was a blast. Yeah, he
0: says that's amazing. I absolutely cannot wait. Dustin continues saying in other Marvel news I've got going on. I'm gearing up for Marvel Studios Moon Knight right now by reading all about him via Marvel Unlimited. The first series I read, I immediately fell in love with the artwork of Alex Malev. His pencil work is excellent. What a trip this character is, though. Now I'm even more excited for the show as I continue to learn more of this character. He's very intriguing. I'm also currently catching up with the Marvel's Wastelanders series of podcasts, starting with Old Man Star-Lord, and of course, collecting a tremendous amount of Marvel characters on Fortnite, including my boy Spidey, of course. I look forward to another season of Marvel. Yay! I like a yay in a message, Lorraine. It's always good. Yeah. Dustin continues. Now on to the question of the week. What gift would I give Spider-Man for his birthday? Depending on which version of the character we're talking about, but 60 is a big deal. How about a suit with some Wakanda tech? The suit could have a protective buildup, and once activated, it sends out a burst of webs that webs up multiple enemies in a fight. Add to that the extra spider legs from the Iron Spider suit, but made out of vibranium. Now that would be pretty cool. finishes off by saying, Twim is the highlight of his Fridays, which is a highlight for me to hear. Thank you, Dustin.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, next up, we got an email from Ian Romer, who said, Hey, James, Lorraine, Ryan, and any other special guests. It has been a while since I've actively engaged in TWIM questions or topics, so I apologize for my absence in the community. Today marks six months since my little brother died in a car accident. And it has been incredibly difficult. I wanted to say thank you, however, for you all and the much-needed distraction and positivity you have unknowingly provided during this tough time. I needed and appreciated the jokes, laughs, and fun you all bring to the weekly podcast. It took a while for me to get back to enjoying the things that used to bring me joy, including comics, MCU movies, shows, and podcasts. But I found that they helped me in an almost therapeutic way to deal with loss and moving forward. My question to you all is, have comics, movies, podcasts, books, and or any other form of media helped you get through loss or a tough time? If you feel comfortable sharing, I'd love to hear of any instance or two. Thank you all again for everything that you do week in and week out. Your listeners and Twim family are so very grateful for it. Sincerely, Ian, aka guard underscore one A-N on Twitter. P.S. I don't think it's said enough, but if you are going through a tough time, be sure to talk to someone about it. Even superheroes aren't meant to go it alone and are allowed to let out a good cry. Oh, Ian, what a beautiful message. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. It's truly so meaningful.
0: Yeah. There's no words that we can really say um, other than, you know, we're we're sorry for your loss and, and we send our love to you. Whatever we can do to help you get through trying times, we're happy to be there and support. You know, I, for me, I don't know if I've talked about it, but, and I didn't know him well. I will say this. I didn't know him well, but my father committed suicide right around Christmas when I was like 10, but I didn't know him. It's just so, but there's this thing like I understood it later on. And so Christmas, as I've talked about probably before, Christmas has always been difficult for me. Um, And so to get through that, I usually will watch Scrooged on Christmas Eve. That's my like comfort movie is like there's just something about it that um, helps me and, and brings me joy When a time when I even subconsciously, a lot of it is is there bubbling around. So I think Scrooge is definitely something for me on the Marvel side. I don't know. I don't I don't have a specific Marvel stuff that that I I go to. I don't know about you, Lorraine.
1: You know what mine was for a long time? (laughs) You know, when the first Avengers film came out. Yeah. It just became my comfort watch, mm-hmm. like, if I had a bad day. And and it's funny because when I was younger, the first X-Men movie, like, the first two X-Men movies, I would come home and I would watch them every day at lunch or if I had a sick day. I would – you know, they, they became, like, my comfort watches. Um, like, you know every line. You're not really watching the movie. You're just kind of, like, absorbed by the comfort of it. So I definitely sure. have those. But I also um, – I go through fascinations in general, so I, I tend to just like hyper focus on one thing at a time, baking, <laughs> uh, watching a certain genre of movie like horror sure. movies or Christmas movies.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I do think, you know, having those things that make you feel comforted, that take your mind off of the the hard stuff of life, you know. And sometimes, honestly, like the just the act of letting out some tears or just taking some time to say, I don't have to live in in my sorrow all the time and to allow yourself the freedom to feel joy Mm -hmm. and, and forget for a little while is also like super valid and man it's come back a second time but therapy is awesome (laughs) y'all if if you can afford it or find a program that will support you um there are lots of options that are low pay or free in various communities i highly recommend finding someone to talk to if you need someone to speak with
0: oh i also watch the transformers and gi joe animated movies (laughs) when i need to like those are those are pure joy fillers for me at any time of the year not just christmas time Sometimes they just want to watch, you know, uh, giant robots saving the day or Catch good you. guys winning. Sometimes that's all you need. Ian, you are loved and supported, and we hope your family and friends and everybody gets through all this as best you can. And we're happy to be here. I shared this message with uh, some other folks at Marvel as a reminder that all the things we do, the comics, the podcasts, the movies, television shows, the website, the the, the digital comics, the apps, all this stuff— it's a good reminder, and I, I appreciate this message a lot. Your note was a reminder that the things we do mean stuff to to folks out there. And sometimes when you're working and you're not seeing people or things are hard, we lose track of that. So um, if nothing else, you've brought a lot of joy to us in reminding us of uh, the things that entertain us can really help. So thank you, that is it for us this week. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos.
1: Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad
0: Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks
1: to my therapist. That's it. Thank you.
0: I'm going to thank them as well. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel.
1: Your universe.
0: Dun dun dun.